absolutely ridiculous. Hi guys, and welcome back to day three of Diary in the PSA Bubble with Amanda Sobey. Today was the round of 16, the top half played, which meant that it was a rest day for me, and so I could not leave the hotel. Yay! Exciting times. Um, It was a pretty uneventful day. I got caught up with Nathan Clark, who's the legend behind all of the amazing pictures from PSA. I got his book, which I ordered, so I'm super excited to flip through it. The pictures are amazing, um, and it's fun kind of seeing the stories through the photos. Um, so that was great. Other than that, had breakfast. Um, I woke up for some odd reason very, very early, so, you know, felt like taking a nap, um, which I did in the middle of the day, because why not? It's not like I have other things to do, but watch some squash. There were some good matches happening. I unfortunately said goodbye to my sister who left the bubble today which was sad because we were neighbors with our rooms next to each other so my little uh travel buddy is gone but I'll see her at the next event in Egypt next week but apart from that we had our second round of COVID tests provided by PSA so that uh, if we all tested negative, that meant that you're allowed to play your next round match. So fortunately, big day, tested negative. So I'm all clean here. Um, PSA has done a phenomenal job keeping us safe, even though it's very, very restrictive um, in where we can go. I would prefer this rather than having it be a free-for-all and having the risk of getting getting COVID a lot higher. Um, plus, we're all in the same boat, so, you know, we're making the most of it. Other than that, I watched the matches. I did my in-home, well, in-hotel room workout, little circuit. Wasn't feeling running the stairs in the hotel today, so I decided to do a little circuit inside my hotel room. I brought a couple resistance bands, so I put one around the door handle, and I basically provided a, a bungee for myself, so I got creative. And I've been coloring, and now tonight, um, Alicia Keys just dropped her new album, and she's one of my favorite, favorite artists, so I've been jamming out to that, and that's pretty much my day, but I'm excited to get playing tomorrow. I'm the early shift, which is 11 a.m., so excited to kind of get out again and get going, and now I'll be on the class. So talk to you all tomorrow. Hey, guys, so day three today, um, match day, game day today. It was so exciting to get back on court and get back into that routine of turning up at the match court and preparing properly for it. It was really, really good and, and really showed me how much I really miss competing um, a very topsy-turvy match, managed to come through and win 3-2, so really excited about that and really happy that I found a way to win today when um, I was struggling at times and uh, managed to managed to get two love up and be, put myself in a really good position and I think from there on, um, Zayna was played really well. She 
she just took the game to me. She took it forward whenever she could. Anything loose, she kind of put away. And it's really difficult to play someone like that. And to be honest, in all my practice matches that I've been having over the few weeks, I've played a lot more people with a lot more structure to their game. Um, so I found it really difficult to read her because it was just pinging forward at all times and it was of really high quality. So really tough to play, but really happy that I I dug in and from being 2 love up and then coming back to 2 all can be... Not a great position to be in um, because you are mentally just sort of contemplating what's actually just happened in the last sort of 20 minutes. You were in a good position and then obviously got back to two all. So really happy with um, how I dealt with that. I took myself away from the court and just give myself a little talking to, give myself a rocket at the backside to tell myself to like show how much I really wanted to win. And I managed to get myself in a really good position in the fifth to be 10-6 up and then... Uh, she came back at me again and it kind of felt like the similar sort of thing again of two love up back to two all ten six up and I thought she was going to come back and I managed just to squeeze out the last point at ten nine so took the game eleven nine. Um overall really, really happy to get the win. I think I fought deep today. Um and matches like that you just have to do that. You have to just keep digging in until the end and I tried to do that today when things maybe weren't going my way, just tried to dig in and um just really wanted to get the win today and and get to play another match because I think, you know, playing a few matches, hopefully we'll start to get into the swing of things. And I think just playing one would have been really disappointing to go home, only having played the one match. So really excited to get another chance to play on the glass court on Saturday. I'm up against um, Alison Waters, um, know each other pretty well, uh, good friends off the court, and we've played each other numerous amount of times now. And we've been... Uh, getting together and trying to do some practices over the last few weeks now allowing obviously with the with the social bubbles here and it's been really good so there'll be any secrets that's for sure I think we both know exactly how we play we've played enough now to know that so it'll just be whoever does it better on the day I think and I'm really looking forward to having a good match again with Al um, we always have good battles so it'll be a good one um, don't play until Saturday evening now so I have almost like two full days uh, in my room so I'm going to try and get out and get a little bit of, get the body moving again tomorrow, um, keep active and, and take some rest as well at the same time. So yeah, we'll catch up again tomorrow and um, see how the body's feeling after after a tough match today and not had any competition. It'll be really interesting to see how I hold up tomorrow. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to it. So I'll catch you guys later. All right, that was Tessie Evans we just heard from there. My name is Arthur Gaskin. With me as ever, Stuart Crawford and Christopher Sackley. This is the Around the Course Squash podcast. How are you doing, fellas? All good, but not as good as Chris, I don't think, today. Yeah, good day. In the old Sheep's Meadow, Central Park, New York City, broadcasting live. <laughs> is, that a, is that a Patriots hat you have on? Blue Jays. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Bills Mafia, too. <laughs> Bill, Bills are going to take the division this year. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart, t- take us through it. It's been an interesting couple of days. We had a rest day yesterday. You know, even podcasters need a rest day. A lot of good squash on. Some interesting rounds. Yeah, there's been some good matches. Um, one of the things that stands out is that so far there's been no upsets. So we've got... Two matches still to go. Um, currently recording this during the Tesney Evans and Alison Waters match. Tesney's just um, gone eight five up on the fifth. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, and then um, best buds Simon Rosner and Nicky Muller are playing next. But so far, all the top eight seeds are through to the last eight. So 
Um, that's a little bit of a surprise that there's been no surprises. I'm not surprised there's been no surprises. Are you surprised, Chris? You're, you're surprised, Arthur. You thought it was like a coin flip. Like if, you know, you get a few heads in a row, there has to be an upset here or there. Yeah, well, you know, it's just it's just kind of getting stronger and stronger. The the, the law of averages is getting greater in my favor uh, when it comes to updates or it updates is, rather. It is interesting, right? Because you we, I mean, everyone would have predicted that there'd be a little bit more chaos because of uh, coronavirus shutting down. But I mean, yeah, I don't even you know, I could probably throw out a couple random hot takes here on why, but. Maybe talent talent doesn't go cold in quarantine. I don't know. Yeah, well, I suppose if you remember Rami a couple of years ago when he he hadn't played for about six, seven months from the British Open in May of, I can't even remember what year it was, and he turned up at the World Open and, uh, you know, he won it, having not played competitively for so long. Yeah, that, I think that's all I need to yeah. say that I'm correct then. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> I think what it emphasizes is just how how uncommon or difficult upsets are in our sport in relation to other sports. And you see it quite a lot that, I mean, you watch tennis and it's not unheard of for somebody outside the top te- t- uh, sorry top 100 in the world to beat one of the top five in the world. But that almost just never happens in squash. Why is that, do you reckon? Um, I don't know whether it's greater depth in other sports or... If it's just uh, difficult, I mean, we know from playing the game just how difficult it is to to upset someone if they're just that little bit better than you. Um, it's really hard to turn the tables on, on. So yeah, I think it's just the nature of the sport. Yeah, I guess in tennis, right? The serve plays such a huge role too. So you have you have a huge server having a hot day, and then it's like impossible to break like that definitely plays a big role right and in squash you can guess you can get hot and you can start hitting some shots and that that makes you a threat to upset someone better than you but you still have to be able to do it for a long time yeah and then in team sports there's so many variables at play in terms of like all all the members of the team being on and um how they work together and also i mean football Specifically, it's really hard to just sneak a goal and then hold on and get an upset that way, whereas you can't just sneak the first game and then just sort of sit back and defend and, and hope that the timer runs out and squash. That's how you make you, yourself look like you belong, though, right? You just throw it all out there in the first game, steal the first game against someone good, and then they just wipe you off. But you're like, oh, yeah, I played well, you know tough four games <laughs> yeah maybe that's an idea for a tournament format like a 40 or 45 minute limit and then just game stops who's who's ahead at that point oh perfect <laughs> yeah 40 that's about my threshold i would say as well i wouldn't mind that exactly but Give, probably no, not against these boys <laughs> no 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 breaks in between games but each player gets like a few a few timeouts or something I think this is going to be much better than the Ram scoring system. <laughs> I don't think there's... Yeah, I'm not going to say too much on that. So, for one of the games that I was looking forward to, I was really excited about, and we mentioned earlier on in the previous episode, and it's, it kicked off the men's section of round two, was Paul Cole versus Faraz Dezuki. I think it's fair to say... Look, I mean, Paul did an unbelievable job, made it really life really difficult for us, but 
probably didn't live up to expectations, though the scoreline was close. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it never really caught fire. First two games, um, Paul played well, just was steady. Uh, Dasuki made some errors. Second game, it kind of switched. But then from then on, um, I just felt like it got a little bit scrappy, especially in the fourth game. Um, what I thought Paul did a really good job of was not playing at Dasuki's pace. I think Dasuki wants to play fast and just get drag you into sort of battle of power. And Dasuki, uh, sorry, Paul just he, he hit the ball positively, but without ever getting carried away and playing at Dasuki's pace, which I thought was the key to the match in the end. Yeah, he also never really got caught up in Ferez's blocking and and conversations with the ref. Yeah, I I only actually tuned into the last four or five points um, in the fourth. And it, it, so, you know, from my point of view, the, the game was a little ugly because of, of uh, there was a lot of just, the ball was flying around super fast. There was a lot of hitting and trying to get out of the way really quickly and we're hitting and trying to maybe shut out. And it was just a little bit sloppy and looked a little bit more um, on Dasuki's side, trying to, trying to, look for strokes or you know jump out of the way really quickly but yeah it was pretty good finish by Paul to just kind of keep his head down and um looking forward to his next match I think he's uh he's just gonna be tough no matter who he plays so you got to think as the tournament goes on it's gonna be harder yeah I tell you it's a mouth-watering match in the quarterfinal against it's a repeat of the world championship final of 2019 against Tarek Momin who himself had another great match with Abu Alga yeah and and that's a match that really did get going. Um, third and fourth game, and that was really high-quality squash. Again, didn't really catch fire at the start. First two games were a little bit sort of scrappy, but then the third game was brilliant squash, probably the best game that I've seen. Um, although uh, one of the games today, Declan James against Gawad, was also pretty high-quality. But, um, yeah, the fact that we're, we're looking forward to a repeat of a World Open final in the quarterfinals suggests that uh, just tells you how strong the draw is. Sorry, just to uh, just to put in, guys, Tesney has just won 13-11 in the fifth, saving two match balls at 10-9 and 11-10. Legend! Wow. What a warrior! <laughs> all about creating content for the for the diary updates. So dramatic. <laughs> yeah, you know when, when you get get to get some stuff off your chest, you know, really talk through your talk through your day. It's got to help you. <laughs> She obviously felt upstaged by Deck. She had an 11-9 in the fir- fifth in the first round. And Deck went and topped her with a 12-10 in the fifth. So she's like, right, screw that. I'm going 13-11 in the fifth this time. Yeah, never in doubt. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Any other hot picks, guys, from the uh, from the second round? Um, on the men's side, uh, again, I thought Marwan looked pretty good today. Yep. Uh, Shibagi looked really good yesterday. Um and Farag had an interesting match against Marsh where he, he went 10 love up in the first, won the game 11-1 and then lost the next and then suddenly found himself in a battle but just about scraped through in the end but um, probably didn't look as good as, certainly not as good as Shabagi I would say and he's got a big match tomorrow in the quarters against uh, Marwan now. Yeah, that was that's going to be a cracker of a match um, setting up nicely. I think Ali, I think you're right. He didn't look as sharp, but Marsh, I thought he played great. Sometimes winning a first game like 10-love, 11-1, you 
can lure you into a false sense of security that you're doing everything you need to do and the other fella's not going to, he's not out of bed yet. So you can kind of run away with it. But uh, Marshall, I, I was quite impressed. I really liked the way he plays and I loved his match with Suleiman. I thought he was, you know, looking good against someone who could have posed a really dangerous uh, threat to his progression in the event. Yeah, I think he's a great player. I sometimes think that he gets dragged into just hitting with too much pace and not varying it enough, um, especially on the forehand side. Sometimes think that he, he just wants to smack the crap out of the ball on that forehand side, and, and he actually plays his best squash when he mixes it up and he takes it in short and holds, and he does that quite well on the backhand, actually. Yeah. Um, and he can do it in the forehand as well. He just doesn't necessarily always do it. Um, but then once he gets the balance right and he combines that with his really athletic movement and gets on the ball early and starts holding and using all four corners, he's really tough to break down. And has uh, Gawad, who does Gawad have in the quarters? Sorry. He will play the winner of the Rosner-Muller match, which is just the next up. one now. Yeah. 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 He, he always looks tough and he's one of those guys that like if he he can bring it he can bring it when he needs to it's like uh but yeah deck deck looked really good today um i'd say like a little bit sharper uh able to able to put the ball away a little bit more on the glass like yesterday uh or two days ago against um victor it looked a little bit more like you know having to hit six seven eight good shots in a row and really wait it out but uh, today he was taking some opportunities earlier in rallies if Quad left one open and he was able to finish some finish some beauty shots. Beauty. On the women's side, did you guys get to see Camille Serum and Nelly Calise? I did, yeah. I saw not all of it, but about two-thirds of it. And again, good match. I actually watched uh, Nelly's sister play Amanda today as well, which... Um, I think both of those girls seem like they're making good progress. They're both now well established in the top 20. Yeah. I have to admit, I've seen them in the past and I've always sort of struggled to understand how they were getting such good results. I probably didn't have them in my head as top 20 players, but seeing them both over the last two days with Nela against Camille and then Tina against Amanda, you can really see that they're starting to trouble those top sort of eight players in the world. And yeah. I certainly have a lot more appreciation of the game now. It's quite interesting because they're very different players as well. Yeah, yeah, big time. They uh, they had a great match actually against each other. I think it was the British Open of 2019. And I'm not sure, but I think the winner of it was to get to top 20 in the world. Yeah, Tenny's lovely, got great hands, like really sort of works the ball around the court really well. Nelly does, but in a very different type of way like as, a, as a counter-attacker. She's yeah. uh, physically really good like super strong, unbelievable engine. And that alone is a, is a weapon. And then she kind of uses that quite well to counterattack, uh, getting onto the ball really quickly. And she had Camille, not struggling is not the right word, but she certainly had her under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I have to admit, before the match, I kind of struggled to see how she was going to break Camille down because I just felt like she had quite a similar game, but a bit like what we were saying earlier about upsets. A similar game, but nothing to really hurt her with. Um and the one big difference I would have said before the match was that she probably doesn't volley as well as Camille and she's not as strong around the middle of the court. Um, but she, she she managed to neutralize that well. She kept Camille off the volley as much as she could, which, as most people know, is Camille's strength. Yeah. And when Camille did start going short, 
she was really on it early and able to hold and flick cross court or put in a nice straight drop. Um, and she did get a good length. She sort of steps forward and looks for that next volley if she can. So, yeah, really good basic game that's hard to break down just because of the number of balls she gets back and also how early she can get on the ball if you open up the court. Yeah. Noticeable as well, every time she got the ball past Camille, like how intently she was looking behind and where the next ball was going to get onto the next ball, be it a volley or covering a short ball or and what have you. It was impressive. It's two players yeah. definitely to watch out for. And like I say, very athletic. And then her sister, like you say, is probably a bit more attacking, likes to maybe shoot from the back of the court a bit more than her sister. Um, the one thing I thought she got wrong against Amanda was that she... To me, she was far too happy to play on Amanda's forehand up and down that backhand wall. Yeah. Um, and I think not only did she give away strokes by just being under pressure and the ball gets behind her and she clips the side wall, she gave away at least four or five strokes that I can remember in the match. But I don't know if it was the smartest thing in the world to be rallying with Amanda so consistently on that side of the court. She is ferocious on that side, Amanda. Question for you guys. Shoot. Do you guys have do you guys have like a a pretty set um, strategy against the lefty? Because I do. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to hear yours. See if it's the same. Well, for for me, I think my stronger side I would feel is on the left wall. So, I would still kind of play my own game. I'd be aware that if I was a little bit off on the left wall, then yeah, I'd probably try to play a little bit more on the forehand side. The only thing I do more on, on, when I'm playing a lefty is that I would cross-court lob from, the, from my left wall and I would hold from the front left and cross-court a little bit more. I've always found the lefties that I've played, I wouldn't say I've had a huge success rate, but not, I have, it's not a bad record. I always feel that they're always creeping across looking for that forehand. So the racket's a little bit more ready on the, for, on the left side. So there's a little bit more distance to cover. So when you get them to move across their body, you might just get, get them lifting the ball a little bit more so then there can be an opportunity to hit down on the next ball. Yeah. Stuart? I, I didn't think about it too much. I didn't train with many left-handers. In fact, I don't think there was anyone in the Scottish squash training group that was left-handed. Um, so it wasn't something I had much practice of or really gave much thought until I came up against someone. But a bit like Arthur, I tended to just try and focus on my strengths and Again, I was probably more comfortable up and down that backhand side or my backhand side. Um, and unless I was getting absolutely destroyed up and down that wall, I wouldn't change too much. But I probably didn't play enough left-handers to really adapt that well and think about it. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, yeah, pretty – I mean, it's obviously pretty clear. Like, it's it's funny, I think – the discrepancy between lefties and righties in terms of how much stronger their left hand is compared to their, sorry, how much stronger their forehand is compared to their backhand. I feel like there is a bit of a wider margin there. Um, yeah. One of my good buddies, shout out Adam. Uh, uh, one of my good buddies from Cornell squash who came in and uh, would be my regular challenge match every, every week or every other week was a lefty. And uh, he always used to, he always used to get mad because I would just try and not let him see a forehand. And I am decent at hooking the ball back around when it gets behind me on the back end and firing it back cross court from behind me. 
So, like, even if he could get the ball around me, I would try and rip it right back around to his backhand and just never let him. And I, I kind of used that strategy since against lefties. Like, I find – and then and then occasionally just if, they, if they're trying to get away from their backhand, they put it right onto the backhand volley drop, which, which I love. Um, so, just kind of like don't let them see a forehand until you want them to, basically, is my strategy. Yeah, well – it didn't work for Tina Gillis today, and she certainly didn't employ that strategy. But she I know, so maybe she maybe she needs to. Yeah, it's a free lesson. <laughs> Nothing goes for I, free I, in this world. But it, if I, yeah, I mean, if I were playing Amanda, uh, hopefully she listens because she's gonna give us her recording. I'm not letting you see a forehand, Amanda. Never. <laughs> Too good. Too strong. Yeah, I hit with Amanda a little bit up in Boston with Thierry. It's so severe. It really is. It's a, it's a, it's a weapon, big time. The the one thing I did think Tina did really well against Amanda was that she kept the ball out in the middle of the court. And we talked about Amanda's first round and how just deadly she was on that volley drop and volley kill and volley anything to be honest. But yeah, she did a good job of using height and getting the ball over her and stretching her back and then firing it in quickly to the front and making her get down low. Um, and that's kind of where she got her success and managed to make the match quite tough. So looking ahead in the quarters tomorrow for the on the women's draw, there's an absolute cracker between Camille Serm and Joelle King to start us off at 11am UK time. That's my pick of the round anyways. What do you think, fellas? Yeah, I would agree with that. I would also say the Tayeb and Sobi match will be a really good qu- quality match as well. Oh yeah, that's um, another good one. But yeah, we, we said in the preview episode that the quarterfinals is really where the women's draw starts to to get interesting and some of those really good matchups start to happen. Um, and like I said, as we speak, all eight seeds have made it through, so we're getting the matchups that we had anticipated. And yeah, there'll be some really good matches tomorrow. Got to go. Got to go with the audio diary, uh, women of the podcast. I think you got to look out for Sobi and Tesney when they're when they're just getting these thoughts off their chest. They're just going to be mentally mentally tougher. You got, you got the support of the ATC crew. <laughs> you got the support here. Yeah. Any shocks in the quarters, fellas? Um. Well, if they if Amanda and Tesney were to win, they would both be considered upsets based on seedings. So we've got two. So there's two straight away. I can't really see Salma Hani troubling Hanya. Um, Hanya seems like she's picked up exactly where she left off at Black Ball Open and was absolutely ruthless in her last match. I think yeah. she won in, in about 20, 23 minutes, something like that. Yeah, clean sweep. Um, and then the other match there is Camille against Joel, which probably could go either way, but I would... I think I would side with Camille if I was to put money on it. I'm going to go Joel. Okay. Like, I wouldn't be shocked, obviously, if Camille won. I just, I watched Joel dispatch Lucy Turmel. You know, she looked very, very sharp. I'm not saying Camille didn't. And Camille obviously has had two really good, tough matches. So she might be battle hard, hardened uh, a little bit more than Joel. But Joel looked very, very clinical, very sharp. So I'm going to, I don't know, maybe I'm just being controversial to you, Stuart. <laughs> and you're boring. I'm going one and two seed. <laughs> hey, 
if they get the job done and are proved to be right, then I'm happy to stick to what I know. Yeah, can't argue with that. <laughs> and who do we got on the men's side, top to bottom? Quarterfinal we, matchups. So we got Paul Cole versus Tarek Moman. We have Mohammed against uh, Joel Macon, Marwan against Farag, and we have the winner of Nicky Muller and Rosner, Rosner to play Gawad. Just quickly, it's worth mentioning, we, we didn't speak about it in our previous episode because he was actually still playing when we recorded, but uh, Rosner looked really good against Castagny. That was one of the matches that we'd picked out as maybe being one of the highlights of the round and could be tight, and Rosner just went right through him. Looked, I caught the, the very, very end of it, the last sort of game. Stuart sounds like a robot. What he's saying is that Rosner was looking good. Very good. Very good. Very, very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 only, I only saw a few highlights and, uh, and, and some, of the, some of the feedback uh, afterwards, and they were saying he was lights out. So he definitely he's always stood up from that second group, right? So you'd hope you got him, Paul, and Joel super consistent in terms of being able to push – uh, there's obviously going to be some awesome matches. I like mo- moments just so deadly, but I like Paul, uh, crazy fast ball. It's going to be a little harder maybe for him to put the ball away than moment, but I, I'm going to go Paul, mix it up, get away from the top four. Uh, I chose Ali to win the tournament. I'm still going to stay there. And so we got Muhammad. I think he's going to take out Macon. And what's he making? What's uh, what's he cooking? Uh, um, it's tough to say. Uh, and then who do we got? We got Rosner, Mueller, and Gawad. Uh, yeah, if Rosner looks that good, um, you got to think he's going to give Gawad a go. Um, I didn't get to see Rosner, so I can't I can't make a call on that one. Yeah, he looks like he means business. No mission. Huh? Slap it up. I'm going to stick to Marwan. I just I have a feeling he's going to cause an upset tomorrow. He looks really, really good, really sharp. I mean, yeah, he's clever as a ba- as, as a bag of cats. So uh, I'm going to go with Marwan. I see his brother Mohammed, Paul Cole, and do you know what? I'm actually going to change. I know I said Kawad at the very start of the event. Rosner was impressive, so I'm going to I'm going to say Rosner if he gets through today. Why not? Yeah, you're only gonna. You're only going to look stupid in front of millions of audio listeners. Like 12. <laughs> <laughs> 12 million. <laughs> 12 <Yeah>. listeners. <laughs> in, hey, the Instagram followers, shout out followers, up like at least 20 this week. It's big. Big for us, guys. Thank you. Means a lot. We've even cracked 50 on the Twitter front. I mean, that's, that's huge. Oof. Well, I have to say, guys, today is a, is a monumental episode. This is episode 20. So I have to say, this has been a blast doing this with you, with you fellas through COVID. And uh, yeah, there you go. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Taking, taking a little time out of my Central Park picnic here to hang out with you guys virtually. It wouldn't be anywhere else. There we go. want to be anywhere else. <laughs> we're just waiting for sure to get emotional here <laughs> yeah. yeah he froze he was crying but then his computer froze so you can't hear it 
either that or he's chopping onions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, look, I tell you what. Let's let's finish episode twenty with audio beds from audio diary. Sorry, from Amanda Sovey and Tesney Evans. All right, guys. Awesome. Uh, happy days. Beauty, buddy. Right. I lost you guys for about two minutes there. Yeah, we made fun of you. You'll hear you'll hear it in the next episode. Yeah, I mean, oh, really? <laughs> can't even just see the water coming down down your cheeks, big fella. Huh? Emotional guy. I said, I said, Stuart, Stuart's computer froze, or he froze up because he was crying, emotional about episode twenty. <laughs> it was before that I froze. Though. It was like back in the, when you guys were making your predictions went out. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. You're an emotional guy. What, what can I say? Right. Okay, fellas, my beer's empty. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to day four of Life in the Bubble with me, Amanda Sobey. So today was match day. My match was at 11 a.m. I was the first match of the day. And honestly, I can't remember the last time I ever played a professional match at 11 a.m. So this was a nice shock to the system. But it was a big day because I got out of the hotel um, and I got to play. So everything was good. But I woke up, I had breakfast, did a little bit of mobility in the morning, and then I took the car transport service with Tina, my opponent, who's also a good friend of mine, over to the venue. We warmed up, and then we both hit our first balls on the glass for our warm-up. Neither of us got the chance to hit on the glass at all, and both our matches in the previous round were on the side court. So kind of went um, in blind today with hitting on the glass, but it's even even playing field, so you make deal with what you got. But fortunately, I pulled out the win in a tight um, four gamers, um, so I live to see another day, which is exciting. But afterwards, we took the transport back to the hotel where we both ordered delivery lunch, and Tina and I ended up having lunch together in the Piccadilly Lounge, um, which is our little communal conference room that we can hang out in at a social distance. But it just goes to show that we're enemies on court, opponents on court, but off court we are good friends and able to have lunch together and laugh, laugh about the match. But other than that, it was a lot of recovery, talking with my coaches, Rewatching my match, watching the other matches. There are a lot of good matches happening. Um, ordering delivery service for dinner. Catching up with um, another pal of mine, Joelle King. And then it's watching Netflix is usually how I kill the time. I'm currently binging New Girl. I am reading. Um, brought a couple books with me. And I brought my coloring books because that's a nice kind of time out away from a lot of screens but all in all it's been very good no complaints we are restricted in what we can do but all the players have pretty much accepted it and abiding by the rules no one's really tried to escape everyone has tested negative which goes to show 
how good of a job PSA is doing. Um, so I'm looking forward to my quarterfinals tomorrow. Hope you guys are watching on PSA Squash TV or keeping tabs with the live scoring on PSA World Tour website. So take care and talk to you tomorrow. Hey guys, so coming to you from Manchester again, uh, day five today we're in, uh, what a long couple of days um, waiting for my match this evening, but uh, definitely uh, really enjoyed my match the, um, this evening. Um, I managed to sneak a win 3-2, 13-11 in the fifth and was exactly the match that I think I was expecting, um, was it always a tough match playing Al, I mean we've played so many matches uh, in our both our careers against each other and they've always been really tough normally go to five in practice and in and in PSA matches so today was no different um knew it was going to be tough going in um so yeah I mean managed to sneak it somehow managed to sneak it 13-11 and uh was kind of very even going into the into the fifth really we both kind of won our two games decently comfortable her her probably a little bit more than me and she really took the game to me in the fourth, and I was thinking, oh, what's this going to be like in the fifth? And then I managed to, to get up 8-5 and thought, maybe, you know, I've broken a little bit of a barrier, but was kind of stupid to think like that because she came straight back at me again and, um, yeah, managed to get up, managed to get up 8-5, as I said, but then before I knew it, um, she turned it around and had match ball at 10-9. So um, one of those days where I think the luck kind of went my way. I was probably a bit lucky to win. She outplayed me more than I think... Um, vice versa really I think there's times where she really did outplay me and was taking it into the front really nicely we both we both said afterwards how we found it a little bit dead going into the front which um, was not to be expected really because it's been playing quite fast uh, on practice so um, didn't really expect that today but it was it was staying really short at the front so both of us kind of when we took it in it was really difficult to defend that and whoever was doing it the best was kind of was kind of winning most of the points and she was she was doing it better than I was, I think, today. And it's just one of those days where I think I got a bit lucky getting the win and saving two match balls and winning on my first one. It's just the way it goes. And I'm lucky that I got the win today, but um, I'll definitely take it. And uh, I know that there'll be many more really good battles with Al coming up in the future, for sure. Like We'll have many more five-setters. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to tomorrow, making a quarter-final here in Manchester. I love playing here. Um, I love the court, so... It's really good to be able to play another match on there tomorrow. And before going into the tournament, that's kind of what I wanted was to play a few matches, kind of get into the swing of things. And I'm really, really happy that I've achieved that. So going to the quarterfinal, feeling good tomorrow. Obviously, it was a tough match tonight. Uh, got some good recovery into me, um, some good stretching, saw the physio. So I'm feeling good, um, hoping I can back up well tomorrow and, and give it another good go. I'm up against Sarah-Jane Perry of England, so another friend of mine, another person that I've played and practiced many a time so I'm sure we'll have another good battle as we always do as well so I'm just off to sleep now trying to get a little bit of sleep I, I, I normally struggle a little bit getting some sleep um, after those kind of matches and especially the time so here's hoping that I get some sleep in tonight and um, have a good match tomorrow so hopefully I'll be able to report with some good news tomorrow um, but yeah happy to be back in the quarterfinals so I'll catch up with you guys tomorrow